This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair, put my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here on this lovely Friday morning. I'm your host, Lisa McDonald. This is Carpe Diem, my show uh, with the Contact Talk Radio Network. I am joined today by the phenomenal Lisa Gibbons. Super excited and grateful for her time today. As we all can imagine, she's super off the hook busy with her hands in many pots. What I'm going to do, as I always do before I turn this over to Unscripted Dialogue, is I'm just going to, for the sake of how expansive and far-reaching this show is, 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. I'm just going to plug a little bit about Lisa, her history, and her bio. Uh, So what can I tell you about Lisa? Well, Lisa is an American talk show host. She is best known as a correspondent and co-host for Entertainment Tonight between the years 1984 to 2000, as well as for having her own syndicated daytime talk show, Lisa, 1993 to 2000. In 2013, her book, Take Two, became a New York Times bestseller, and she won the Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Host in a Lifestyle or Travel Program for the PBS show, My Generation. On February 16, 2015, Lisa was named the winner of Celebrity Apprentice, having raised $714,000 for her charity, Lisa's Care Connection. Lisa was also the co-host and executive producer of the syndicated news magazine show, America Now, 2011-2015. In addition to Lisa's radio and television career, Gibbons has received the Congressional Horizon Award for her work on children's issues. In 2015, Lisa received the Icon Award from the Electronic Retailing Association, where it was announced that Lisa had crossed the $1 billion mark in sales with her mineral makeup line. Her partnership with Guthy Ranker is the longest studio talent relationship in infomercial history. In 2016, Gibbons and Guthrie Ranker launched their latest infomercial together, Dr. Dennis Dennis Skin Science. On November 14, 2017, California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger announced the appointment of Lisa to the board that oversees California's Stem Cell Research Agency. Gibbons fills a slot designated for a patient advocate for Alzheimer's as a result of her nonprofit group, Lisa's Place, which is aimed at caregivers for persons with memory disorders. Lisa's efforts in memory disorders grew out of her own family's experience with her mother, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and died in May 2008. May 2009, Lisa birthed another book, Take Your Oxygen First, Protecting Your Health and Happiness While Caring for a Loved One with Memory Loss. And the list absolutely goes on. So Lisa, I want to thank you so very much for taking the time out of your hectic schedule for joining me here today. I know we've been booking this uh, and trying to arrange this for quite some time and you've been very gracious with your time with me. So thank you so much and welcome to Carpe Diem. It's so lovely to share time with you and with everybody joining us today. And you've been incredibly patient, so I'm the one who should be thanking you. And I know we're going to have a great time. 
Absolutely. So what I what I do, Lisa, is uh, what I like to turn it over to the inception of people's journey. I like to find out a little bit before a person became household recognizable uh, worldwide. I like to find out exactly going back to the beginning before people knew and recognized your name, what you stood for, your brand. You know, did you always know from a very young age or at any point in particular in your life that this was the path that you were meant to embark upon being in the public eye? I knew that I wanted desperately to matter as we all do. You know, I think that that's the commonality that we have in our journeys is we, we want to be significant in whatever ways we define that. And of course it changes over time, but I was incredibly fortunately said that Um, I had um, an incident early on in my life that caused me to ask myself a very crucial question. And I was in the first grade, a real kind of, I don't know about you, but I was that smarty pants kid that sort of sat in the front row and always had her hand up first, you know, kind of that obnoxious, (laughs) (laughs) that kid. And Uh um, back in the day, you know, when classes were actually in rows of desks and there was that big announcement box at the, at the head of the class and the principal was coming over the, the loudspeaker saying, you know, meet on the field for PE and we're going to have Salisbury steak for lunch and whatever else it was. And then he said, and today is Horace Mann Day. And I said, well, who's Horace Mann? I mean, he can't be that famous if I've never heard of him. Okay. <laughs> well, my teacher, to her great credit, Mrs. Sealing, came up to me and she goes, Lisa Kim Gibbons, just who do you think you are? Well, it was embarrassing and I turned beet red. I had these, you know, ridiculous bangs that weren't long enough to hide my embarrassment. And And I have never lost that moment. And I've chosen to frame that question uh, in a more instructive way, which is, who do I think I am? And who do I want to be? And who do I need to be to show up in life um, for for what I want to accomplish? And so I was very lucky that that happened. And and it wasn't incredibly traumatic. It's not like, you know, so many people have had uh, tumultuous things happen. But that was um, a real aha moment for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. And so, when you made, when you had that insight, where did you then take it? What was the next step towards uh, recognizing internally within yourself uh, to the degree that that was profound for you? You know, I think that I'm blessed having had parents who allowed me to fail a lot. And they gave me lots of chances up at bat, and they made it safe for me to try things. Um, but but I, I mean, honestly, I wasn't good at almost anything. Like, we had a talent <laughs> show at our school, and um, I was, I think, sixth grade, and I had no talent, and um, truly no talent. My, my mother had put me in dance classes. I was terrible. Uh, you know, I couldn't play piano. I mean, I, I really couldn't hum or tie my shoelaces. It was pathetic. So that day um, when, you know, we were all preparing for the big talent show and I knew that I'd have to get up in front of the class, I was so distraught about this and so um, just embarrassed and all the rest of it. My mother wasn't having it when I was sobbing and being a victim. That was never, uh, she never had any tolerance for that. But she's the one who told me, you've got a talent. Stop, dry your tears. You've got a talent. And I'm thinking, really? What's my talent? And she said, you're a storyteller. 
well, I know she made it up. I mean, you know, she was just trying to kind of be the thing that mothers are, which is encouraging and, and uh, trying to attach me to some strength. And she goes, you're a storyteller. That's your talent. Just go to class and tell a story. Well, that to me was ground zero for my beginning of being a journalist because um, that label stuck with me and I, and I wore it proudly and I identified with that. And that, there was a place that I could succeed and, uh, or at least where I felt I fit in. And mm-hmm. I think that that has been, um, you know, and, I'm, and still, if, if you were to ask me my accomplishments or how I see myself, that's, you know, aside from being a wife and mom and daughter, um, sister, friend, storyteller is, is the, that's the, that's the thing. That's it. Lovely. Well, I just, I want, there's so much I want to say to you, Lisa, as well as, you know, talk to you and find out what's new and upcoming on the horizon. But I just want to say, you know, I'm very quite particular uh, for the guests that I try to seek out to have on radio. And I've been very blessed to date with phenomenal guests, some household names, some not, it doesn't matter. But the, the essential ingredient that's at the core of all my guests that I absolutely love uh, am in and awe of is just the abominable spirit, the people who believe in themselves, the people who chisel away every single day, who don't necessarily know where the path is leading, but have enough appreciation for the gift of life and have enough belief and tenacity within themselves that they just continue to hone and persevere and interface with people and pay it forward and, and be of service to others. And so that being said, much of why I wanted to seek you out specifically, aside from the parallels, I believe we share in common, uh, you know, TV, radio, uh, authoring books, all of that. I I just think that what you do to pay back and to, to be of service and to give forward uh, is more so what I'm interested in as that being the main quality for all people that I have immense respect for. And for what you do with charities, for what you do with causes that are near and dear to your heart, for the way you impart your message, you spread your wisdom, your beauty, your inner light, your bright light. I just want to say on behalf of everybody whose lives I know you've completely uh, transitioned and shifted. I just want to say thank you, Lisa. I, I just think it's such a wonderful way that you've chosen to live your life and the many lives that you have uh, undoubtedly impacted and myself being one of them. So I just want to personally thank you for that. Oh, that's lovely, Lisa. I, I, I received that so gratefully and, uh, and I'm very flattered that you would say that we are kindred spirits. Um, that's, that's, that's very lovely company to be in with those qualities that you mentioned. And, you know, I have to, I, I have to agree with you about, um, who the people that we are attracted to along the way? Uh, there's, there's always, you know, we're always better when we are sharing our our journeys. And my mother used to tell me, you know, honey, uh, you know, we came from a very modest background, but she would always say, honey, don't look down on anyone unless you are reaching out your hand to lift them up. Mm-hmm. And you know, whenever you can be that person, uh, that's where you're going to find contentment and. Um, you know, she was right about that and so many things. So it's, um, it's wonderful to have that, that, that validated. And I, um, I, I really appreciate that so much. Well, it's true. You know, that's a testament to your character and it's a testament to how you choose to live your life and, and maneuver and navigate every single day because it is a choice. And I talk about that with my guests on radio, you know, uh, energy, er, the whole world is made up of energy and uh, the energy that you emit, whether it having come through the TV screen, whether it having come through the airwaves, uh, the written page within your books, um, 
you know, you've just done such a, a beautiful, beautiful job uh, with the gifts that you were obviously born to have and to share with the rest of the world. And, you know, I myself being one of millions of people, I've, I've sponged it up over the years. You were definitely a staple in, in my home growing up as a, a child. Uh, my mom loved you. She's no longer with us as well. She passed away a couple years ago. But um, yeah, and she would have been quite proud to have known that I was on radio with you today. So um, yeah, I, I just want to say thank you, Lisa. And, uh, you know, I, I want to know a little bit about mentors obviously your mom was a huge profound pivotal mentor for you and shaping you and molding you and and it, uh, getting you off to a good start in your life um but who else would you say uh really had influence in your path in your journey there are a couple of people who come to mind that are on the top of my gratitude list every day um and one of them is dick clark um mm. Olivia Newton-John has been another big inspiration and mentor for me. And so growing up in South Carolina, I, um, you know, I, I had all these plans for my life, right? And I was, um, I always thought, wow, if I could ever, you know, be an interviewer like Dick Clark and be, you know, the, the host of hosts and have that kind of ability to talk to anyone and, you know, just be everybody's best friend and all those things that Dick was and is and represented. Um, so I had, you know, what were the early stages of what I guess you would now call a vision board, but I would, you know, take articles and, you know, rip them out and, you know, put them around my room. And, um, and I've never, you know, as I said before, it's not that I can sing or any of that. So I, I, what I related to about Olivia was just this grace and goodness, you know, this kind of um, trusting and trusted, persona that she has um, that's so real. And when I moved from South Carolina um, to Texas and New York and then to California and got to not only meet these inspirations but become friends with them and, and work with them and for them, it, it's, it still gives me chill bumps to tell you about it, Lisa, because you know anytime someone feels that dreams don't come true, um, I look at the ones in my life when you know, my classmates told me that I was, you know, never going to get out of Irmo, South Carolina. And, you know, Barbara Walters was a big inspiration for me. And you'll, you'll appreciate this yeah. uh, since we've been, uh, we have aspired to, um, you know, be in the, in the communications business and connecting with other people. So when I was um, a, a, a little girl, my Barbie doll was actually named Barbara Walters. Wow. <laughs> And um, and Nancy Dickerson, um, who was another really powerful news journalist at the time, a real trailblazer for for women, um, whose son uh, John is still in the industry. And so Nancy and Barbara were my Barbie dolls that that covered breaking news and world events, and you know they were all over it. They were just everywhere. And, and love they, it, right? They had lots of power. <laughs> but by the time that um, I got to college, and I was at the University of South Carolina as a a freshman broadcast journalist major, uh, Barbara Walters, uh, the real Barbara Walters, had just been named the first female anchor of the network Nightly News. And and she was making, at that time, a ridiculous amount of money. She was making a million dollars, which was more than the men, more than Walter Cronkite. It was huge, huge headlines. Mm -hmm. So I went to class and said, look at that. That's for me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to make a million dollars in the broadcast business. I'm going to be like that and do that. 
And they all laughed at me and said, Lisa, come on, you're never going to leave Irmo, South Carolina. Who do you think you are? Well, um, you know, that was a chance for me to keep my focus on where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And so um, the fact that I, I, I did get to step into that dream and meet those people and thank them um, has been such a blessing, an extraordinary blessing. And, um, you know, for all of us, for anyone whose life you can look through a window and think, wow, you know, things have been pretty logical or pretty easy or charmed life or whatever we think about other people that we see from those optics. Um, all of us, of course, have setbacks and disappointments and struggles and failures and heartache and all of those things. But I, I was hardwired with optimism that has been my um, opportunity through life to very quickly get back to what you were talking about, Lisa, get back to, first of all, a place of gratitude, but just resilience and yeah. saying, okay, that happened, that happened, but I'm still me and, um, and I have confidence in my ability to rebound and I know I can recover. And that's really my definition of, of optimism. Beautiful. Well, you're you're preaching to the preacher here. I, I so love and appreciate what you've said. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And there was something I just want to go back to that you mentioned that really struck a chord with me. So when you talk about, because I agree, and I've talked about this uh, numerous times with various guests about, you know, sitting in a place of darkness. A lot of my guests, they've risen to the ranks of whatever it is that they've endeavored to do, whatever they've uh, honored themselves and honing their passions uh, and just not giving up, as you mentioned, the resiliency factor. So when you talk about challenges, when you talk about obstacles, are you able to pinpoint, crystallize for us and the listeners, um, one particular time in your life, whichever challenge or obstacle that might have been, but also it being the biggest gift for you at the same time simultaneously? I don't have an exclusive list of ones that were not gifts. They were, they all turned into those wonderful, thank heavens for unanswered prayers kind of situations. Um, you know, uh, the, one of the biggest for me actually happened um, later on in my journey when it looked like the wind was in my sails and the sun was at my back and, you know, everything was going on all cylinders. Um, I was doing my talk show and I was doing ET and I was raising my kids and, you know, life was rich and happy and abundant. And, um, you know, I got swept into that false sense of panacea that, okay, well, this is just how it's going to be. This is just what happens. You know, I've worked really hard and I've sacrificed this and that. And here I am, you know, on this place. And, um, when my mother got Alzheimer's disease and I was kind of swirling around with where, how, where do I put this emotion of helplessness that I felt, which was foreign to me, and um, where, how, do I, how do I move forward, which has always been the driver of my life, when all I wanted to do was pull the covers up over my head. And I decided um, after, you know, I promised my mother, who was so wise, as you know, I'm such a such a compass for me, but she had, had said, honey, you know, tell this story. This is now your story. So you, this is what you need to tell. Report on this story, on our story. Wow. And that really helped me. And so I ultimately began to, um, as she knew I would, find a lot of strength in 
telling our story, sharing our story, honoring our journey, and, and then creating in the world what we wish we'd had that became my nonprofit with Lisa's Care Connection where we support family caregivers. But at the time, Lisa, I went to my agent and said, um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start this foundation. And initially, we're going to support these families that have someone they love with Alzheimer's disease because you know, they're unraveling. They're falling apart. They're getting sicker than their diagnosed loved ones. And, and that we can change. You know, that's not helpless and it's not hopeless. And we can empower people and, and make their journeys, um, you know, a much richer and, and a, a more competent and confident experience. And he said, oh, I don't think that's a great idea. You know, um, you know, it's great that you do all your kids' charities and that's wonderful and people get that and they they find it easy to support that. But this Alzheimer's is this old people and, you know, it's not, it's, that's not sexy. And, I, you know, it's really, it's not going to help you. And um, I took that in and I said, well, thank you, first of all, for pointing out how needed it is. I didn't realize how much I really need to take this step. Um, and you're fired. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Um, and, and that turned out to be a, a, a real turning point for me in terms of changing directions. And um, I wouldn't wish chronic illness and disease on anybody, but look at the millions of people who have that moment. And, um, you know, there are things that we, we can't rewrite that chapter, but we do get to move forward from there. And, and that's how I chose to do it. And it's, it has been the most rewarding thing of my life. Beautiful. And that's a good segue as well. I was going to ask you, you know, you're a very accomplished woman. Uh, clearly, all the things that you set out for yourself that you chose to accomplish, and there's always probably more, and we'll get to that too. Uh, but for all the, the people that you've interfaced with, all the wonderful people that you've interviewed and got to hear their story, and storytelling, of course, being very pivotal for uh, yourself and how you choose to live your life and how you choose to uh, introspectively connect with people, because you're a connector. You're not just a collaborator. You're not just a successful businesswoman, but you're a connector. And everything starts with relationships and connection. And uh, you do it with such ease and such elegance. Um, I just have so much respect for you. It's it's unbelievable. But, um, you know, for all the things that you've accomplished, uh, aside from the charity and aside from doing that in the memory of your mother and knowing that that was another calling and an additional gift that she had imparted to you uh, in her final stages, um, what else, looking back upon your life, your journey, your career, what other moment is stand out for you? Well, I think for all of us, there is um, that, that slap in the face where we um, were not chosen for the job or for the relationship. Um, you know, they picked somebody else or, um, you know, you, you weren't the one that, that was loved or um, you got, maybe you, maybe you got fired or fat or depressed or you got, you just got off your track. And I, I and for me, um, it's happened a couple of times uh, in love and in business. Um, when I moved from, um, from South Carolina to uh, New York, from Texas to New York. I had never been to New York and I, I, I went just because it was going to be a free trip on somebody else's dime to go audition for a show. And, and I ended up getting the show. Um, and we, it was a show called Two on the Town. And we were on assignment in Rio uh, when we got a call that um, 
you know, hey, listen, we've, we've, uh, it's over. We've, the show's been canceled and we've packed up your stuff and we, we put it in, um, literally in a box outside the door and, um, good luck. So wow. I was, you know, and I was so proud of the work we were doing and I just, you know, bought this little brownstone in New York and I thought, wow, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm making it. And, um, and it, it came out of left field for me. One, I was young and naive and, and probably didn't have the right receptors on what was really going down. But my, my dear friend, um, who was at that point one of my producers, she said, well, hey, look, they told us we don't have to come back right away. So, you know, let's just hit the beach and have some margaritas. And, um, <laughs> and I said, you know what? Um, no, I'm, uh, I, I was already re-editing my resume reel in my head and I was already... Um, on a path to figure out what's next, what's next. And and that's the thing, that's the quality that has saved me. Now, you can easily say that it's, um, you know, that there have been times along the journey where I um, have not given enough time to really feel the disappointment because we do what protects us, right? And for me, when I feel disappointed or sad or that I've let somebody down, especially myself, um, you know, the way to get out of it is to, to keep moving. But yeah. I do kind of want to underscore and say it is, it is essential that we recognize and, um, and, and accept how we got there and are accountable for our part in it uh, or else we're going to, you know, repeat circumstances. But I was, I look back on that young woman and, and I'm, uh, I kind of laugh, first of all, at the, um, at my inability to be present and just even enjoy, you know, a, a free day at the beach. I was so focused on, I've got to get somewhere. I've got to do something. I've got to, you know, I've got to make things happen. And, and, you know, everybody does those, what would you say to your younger self moments? And I, um, I'm, I'm proud of my ability to get back up and move on. But I, I, I have said to my younger self and my current self, um, sometimes just, you know, Trust that you really are enough, and that you really are, um, you know, as long as you're as long as you're continuing with your effort, with integrity, and doing your best. There are days when your best uh, may fall short, but if that's what you've got to give, and that's all God or anybody can ask of us, right? Then, mm -hmm. uh, then you have to release that and, and move forward. Absolutely. So well put, Lisa. Well, there's a few things. Uh, I'll try and keep this all together, although they're all interconnected, my thoughts based on what you just last said. Uh, so you had said earlier in the show, and it kind of clicked when you just said something else too. And we're kind of speaking the same language. Again, something I speak quite often with uh, regular guests on, on radio. Um, you know, we talk a lot about manifestation. We talk a lot about alignment. We talk a lot about uh, walking into your preferred state of reality and that being a conscious choice that you choose to exercise every single day, regardless of what's going on in your life, because of the fact that you've gotten very crystal clear within yourself what your non-negotiables are. And another uh, parallel between you and I, uh, and I think it's a parallel with a lot of people, you know, there's different pods of people, the people who continue to accelerate and uh, gain momentum every single day based on doing what they love and loving what they do, and therefore all this great stuff of abundance materializes. And so when you use that example of, uh, you know, the conversation with your friend and going to the beach as a result of having that unexpected afforded day off. You know, I, I, to me, there's no mistakes and there's no coincidences. And so what I can relate to and what I very much appreciate in your answer is, you know, getting back on the horse. 
you know, and people who love what they do, they're workhorses, you know, you're very passionate about what you do. And the fact that you chose to re-edit your resume uh, and looking ahead at the bigger picture and still knowing you've got to put one foot in front of the other. I so admire that. And, and that's very much how I execute my life too. And had you not made that decision, who knows what that could have potentially cost you that would have changed every other aspect of your life. I truly believe it's that simple. You know, um, I, I, I concur with that. And it's, you know, it, we talk a lot about trusting the journey, and that's that's hard to do sometimes when um, when it's you know when it's filled with obstacles. But if it's not, then you you really are on the wrong path because um, I think once you frame your life as an opportunity to um, to mitigate challenges and solve problems, and and you find that that's that's the really cool part about it. You know, that's the cool part. Um, it's it's why I love business, and it sounds like it's why you love it too. Because you know, great opportunities to collaborate to help other people um, strengthen their strengths while you're getting better at yours too. And um, especially for women, and um, and still women in in our industry and any any walk of life, any expression of of time, talent, and and energy. I think that sometimes women are um, not as supportive as we could be with each other. And I think that real, real women empower, you know, girls might compete, but, but real women empower each other and inspire each other. And when we compare, which is, you know, um, it's natural, but when we compare our journeys and where we are, um, as opposed to someone else, then, um, that's a trap because we get, we get stuck in envy or we get stuck in that kind of constant state of um of not being enough and then we can't access our our real power and it degrades our effort and our journeys so along the way whenever something great happens to and for someone else um and and it's something that i would love to have happen for me and to me um the 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 best way is is you no doubt agree lisa is to um celebrate that and um and rejoice in that and I always have a little mantra that say, wow, look at that. Good for her. And that's for me. Good for her. And that's for me. And, <laughs> you know, it's like um, it, it's there's nothing wrong with wanting. In fact, I have a whole list of women who's set the pace for me, who have um, the relationship with their kids that I want, who have the peacefulness that I want, who have, um, you know, opportunities that I want. Whatever it is, great to be inspired by those Absolutely. women. Um, it's just it's just a trap to I always say, you know. Pee on your own turf, you know, like dogs. <laughs> dogs claim their territory. Um, we get to claim our own territory that's uniquely ours, mm-hmm. and um, and you can't compare it to anybody else because that's your soul print. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that resonates with me too. Prior to uh, switching vocations and doing what I do now, I used to be in the nonprofit sector. Used to do a lot of charity work and fundraising, and worked with a lot of people under the isms. And uh, one position I held, specifically being a director of women's shelters, and talking about what you said, referring back to what you said about women supporting and empowering other women. Uh, and you know, no surprise, women can be very competitive with one another to the point where they end up doing uh, a disservice to women at large 
Um, you know, when you're working in a women's shelter, as you can appreciate, Lisa, you're ta- you're looking at all kinds of different levels of feminism, and everybody's coming from a different point of reference. And you know, usually there's a very specific reason why people gravitate towards that type of work. You know, something that's happened in your own life, something you want to give back, uh, something you want to do to empower other women. And uh, that was a very big training piece that I did with my staff team at the time, because oftentimes people were looking through the lens of some of their unresolved issues, uh, still being on the healing path and haven't absolved themselves of some of the things that were unfortunately a detriment to the clients in which we were choosing to serve. We we were there to serve. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, that speaks to my heart as well, because, you know, you, you, you do have to plug away. Uh, and not be in competition with other people. You're in competition with yourself. And, and hopefully the objective for each of us is to be the best version possible, to be better than we were the day before. And I think it's very important. It doesn't negate or take away anything from your own successes or your own hard work uh, to prop other women up, prop other people up in general. But I hear what you're saying about women specifically. And uh, so I echo your sentiments with that. And I appreciate you saying that live on air. Well, in your journey, obviously, you've experienced it too. And, um, you know, what, wow, what that, what that must have been like for you uh, working with those women. And you must have seen so many transformations and been a part of those. Yes, it was a very profound, pivotal period of my life. And, you know, that's why I don't take anything for granted. And I appreciate all the small things. And certainly they're cliches. I understand that. Uh, but when you look at people who, you know, if we're talking about women specifically, where language isn't even their first language, and perhaps they're coming from a situation culturally or otherwise, where they've never been allowed to handle money, have never been able to open their own bank account, have never been in charge of birth certificates or passports. And so these women who came into the shelter, uh, you know, leaving an abusive partner, had no infrastructure or family support, uh, could barely speak English, didn't have a resume, had not graduated high school, uh, really going back to bare bones of reinventing themselves. And so to see some of the success stories uh, that have arisen from having worked closely with those individuals, all I have to do if I'm having a bad moment or if I'm having a moment of trepidation or I think I can't overcome something, I just have to look at those women and the memories of, of working closely with them and go, if they can do it, Lisa, anybody can do it. Yeah. You know, um, when you talk about reframing it, I have a little reminder for myself for those moments um, that it's it's when I when I get off track, I go, oh wow! And for me, wow stands for window on the world. And I I look at what's my window on the world right now. Do I need to open it wider? Because um, clearly, you know, those are the moments when I recognize that it's it's not how I want it to be, and I get to choose differently. And so um, my kids are always laughing at me when I go, oh, wow. And that's, that's really talking to myself to kind of like, get it together, girl. That's my own little <laughs> shake myself by the shoulders. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And so Lisa, can you kindly share for us, you know, what is a typical day for you? And there probably is no typical day in your world, but in terms of some of the roles that you've maybe stepped outside of, they're no longer part of your daily grind. What is it that you're doing now? How much time does that absorb from you? What is it that you're looking to do, whether you're talking about a one week or sorry, a one year or a five year projected plan? Uh, because of course, we all know it's important to be present, but for people like us who are manifestors, who have abundant energy, who are constantly creative and have so many things they wish 
wish to do and so many other people they wish to connect with. What's on the horizon for you and, and what is going on for you currently? I'm taking a lot of my dreams for a test drive right now, which I think is important along the way. You know, we, we hold on to things that belong to us at certain stages of our lives, good and bad. Um, and, you know, you kind of go through the decades thinking, well, I'm going to do this. I'm on my way to doing that. And I think it's really important that we that we take those out and, and take them around the track a couple times and, and make sure they still belong to us. Um, take the time to really do some, some inventory on that. I think that dreams are, are important stuff. They're really the primal scream for happiness. Uh, and, and so I take them very, very seriously. So, so right now I'm taking some of my dreams around the track, but the ones that are, um, consistent, um, are, are just, as you said, um, you know, when I, when I did choose to start my foundation 12 years ago, um, you know, I thought, wow, I may never work in television again. Um, I had all those fears that people have at the beginning of something, you know, and, and even if I do make a success of this, will I be able to sustain it? And um, I, I have been able to do that by focusing on, uh, okay, what do I have to give and trying to get out of my own way uh, along that journey. So, so one of the things that I continue to do is devote a, a big percentage of my time to uh, creating and um, maintaining this path and protecting my uh, my family's legacy, which um, is amazing because we're opening, after I did Celebrity Apprentice, which you mentioned at the top of the show, and I was able to bring attention to all those husbands and wives and sons and daughters who care for someone they love who has a chronic illness or a disease, and they have to step up and figure out, you know, what it means for their lives and all the things, they have to learn things they never knew as they adjust to a new normal. So I took that money and um, opened up Lisa's Care Connection in my hometown. And my dad, who was the caregiver for my mom and has, a, has had many, many chapters in his you know, abundant and powerful life, um, dealt with his grief by writing poetry. So he has Pop's Poetry Corner at the Care Connection where he helps other people um, click into their creative expression as kind of a way to put some some ointment and salve on those emotional wounds while they move forward. And it gives me so much joy to see my family. Um, and this is in our neighborhood where we grew up, where my mom lived and loved and died. And so I'm, I'm very focused on that. But television is, my, is what I know. And it's my love. And TV and radio are, um, are so central to me that um, the other the other chunk of time is spent in um, in looking at those mediums and okay what are the what are the shows that um, you know the things you focus on and the things you choose not to focus on are equally important and and after Celebrity Apprentice I got some um, interesting offers to do some very strange <laughs> kind of shows as you can imagine and so um, when you said earlier about what your non negotiables are. Um, I had a chance to look long and hard at, oh yes, but you know, but I, but it would be so much fun to be back in front of audiences and let me just do that. And, and having to say, you know, that's, this is that, that's a line I'm not going to cross. And so, um, so I'm very close to, um, some new ventures in television to talk about, which is thrilling for me because that's the language that I speak. Lovely. 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 And, and so, 
Lisa, what what is your favorite uh, medium in terms of connecting with people, in terms of exchanging storytelling? Um, do you prefer the radio? Do you prefer the TV? Do you prefer the written word in your books? Uh, do you prefer the one-on-one situations, whether it's interfacing with the families through your charity? What is your favorite uh, format? What is your fa- favorite format? Uh, way in which to learn from other people as well as impart your message to other people? What's your favorite platform? I'm fairly indiscriminate about it, but I will say that um, there are, there are great positives to all of those because they all speak to our intimate ability to connect. I think there's, here's the thing for which there's no substitute um, live audiences. And so I think that social media, I think that, that radio and TV are amazing um, ways to connect and to tell our stories and share our journeys and challenge ourselves and all that. Um, but but for me, I, 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 I find it essential to have moments where I'm um, in real time experiencing things face to face with, it can be with one person or it can be with, you know, a thousand people or more. But there is something um, about that energy and that moment of being present that um, really nourishes me and and kind of sends me off recharged. Beautiful. And so, you know, for all the things, like I say, that you have continued to endeavor to do, uh, for all the people that you have interfaced with, is there one story throughout the course of your history uh, that was so profound for you that you have never lost the message in whoever it was that was storytelling to you, somebody who made a testimonial, a disclosure, somebody who shared something that was so ultimately personal, uh, or even them having shared with you that because of something you did or something you said or something you wrote, it completely set them on the right path or it helped them to shift. Is there anything you can share with us out of all the numerous people that you would have interviewed or interfaced with, connected with that really resonates with you? I had an opportunity to explore some of those questions when I wrote the book Fierce Optimism and to look at the learning lab that was my experience through working at ET and Extra and the Lisa Show and all the other shows that I've been able to do so far um, and, and sit across from people who, from whom I learned you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that fame changes people. I think that fame uh, will get you to who you are faster. If you are going to be a jerky, rude, you know, ungrateful person, then then fame will make sure you get there really fast and bigger and bolder and more obnoxious than ever. But if yes. you if you're a, a decent, wonderful person, I notice that you know, fame will just make you more of that. And the people that I sat across from who had that kind of fame and who were making the choices that I wanted to make was very, very instructive for me. And, um, and I, I mentioned Dick Clark, but even sharing moments that I write about a small moment interviewing Whitney Houston uh, when she was pregnant with Bobby Christina. And it's so um, just so sad to, to know that they are now both gone. And that, that moment, she wasn't this superstar. And at the time it was like, the biggest interview of all time. I'm sitting with Whitney Houston. Oh my gosh. And she, she was a, a frightened mom to be. And so I talk about the, the seven in the book, I write about the seven qualities, the seven, what I call the secrets, but they're just core values that I think serve us. If we go back to these things over and over again. And that was a moment when I 
really engaged my empathy and um, and saw what does what does she need from me right now rather than the interview I need to get from her mm-hmm. and and she needed um, to know like we all do that I saw her we all want to know that we're seen for who we are and so I, I talked with Whitney off camera about the enormous moment of being a mom and what that feels like for the first time and 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 how scared I was and um, mm-hmm. we joked about it and we you know, we ultimately got to a place where, um, which happens, I think, in all great interviews, where the person that you're spending time with becomes your ally in creating something that that wouldn't have happened had you not connected, like we're doing right now. Yes, absolutely. And, right? And that's really a very cool moment when that happens. Beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that with us, Lisa. And I'm just cognizant of time. There's not much time, unfortunately, before we have to wrap up. It always goes too quickly. Um, But what I would like to ask you, Lisa, is, um, you know, when you look at the celebrities who have just passed away more recently, Prince, and all the stories that are coming out that people did not know about Prince and different facets of his personality and to the the degree uh, that he was very generous and he did a lot of things in kind without wanting or having his name attached to it. So, you know, for what people publicly, globally would know about you, if you, when you pass on, what are some of the things that perhaps might come out that we don't know about you? If you feel, (laughs) I want to get over here right now. (laughs) I love the question. That's I, I love the question. It does make me giggle. Um, because you know my kids are always kind of rolling their eyes about um, you know how how boring they think I am, and um, whenever I'm about to go somewhere, they go, "Mom, please lay off the snazzy, you know, bumper <laughs> sticker life philosophies." <laughs> they just, I, I said to my daughter, um, I was going out to to promote the book, and there was a um, she was over, and there was a she's my daughter's 26, she's the oldest, and she the book was on the the counter, and I said. Um, well, honey, you know, maybe you might want to read the book, but better yet, because um, she drives for Uber sometimes. And I said, why don't I get you the um, the audio book and you can listen while you're driving? And she said, um, do you read the book? And I'm feeling all proud. And I said, yeah, I it's, you know, it's read by author. I, I it, you know, I, I was very happy with it. And she goes, do you read it in your mom voice? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, I guess I do. And she goes, yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> so, thanks, but no thanks, mom. Right. No, nah, I don't think so. So I, and it, I, I thought of that because I said to her, I said, well, that's okay. Because when I'm gone, you're going to you know, dredge up all this stuff that I wrote and suddenly it'll be interesting to you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, the, the thing that I, you know, I do think we all get to live forever in the lives that we touch and the way that we love. And that's, that is, um, energy that can't be destroyed or created, it is ours, and and it and it 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 lives on past our our physical vessels. And I I I just hope that um, you know that that people will just say, well, she tried really hard. That's what I value in life. I value effort, and um, and I you know I if that would be the most amazing thing that anyone could ever say about me. 
Well, I, you know, I, I think everybody could go on record. I think there would be nothing but consensus with regards to that because for you to have aspired to do what you do and more importantly, outside of all the acclaim and, you know, Celebrity Apprentice and Entertainment Tonight and Extra and all those things that people would associate you with, um, you know, the quality of who you are for the way in which that you continually choose to uh, embark upon enriching the lives of other people, empowering other people, giving back to other people, um, that does require effort. And that requires daily effort and change and choice. And uh, you've chosen to navigate your life that way every single day. So while you're here alive, I'd like to just say on behalf of everybody, thank you for all your efforts, Lisa. Thank you for all your gifts. And thank you for the beautiful bright light that you are. I feel so honored, uh, so deeply touched for your time and for the opportunity to have just personally heard your voice and to have had this conversation with you. I think you're just such a phenomenal human being. I'm, I'm so happy to have had this opportunity. And next time, let's turn the tables I'll get to interview you. Wow. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be great, Lisa. Thank I, you. I, I think that'd be so much fun. And um, because I, 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 I do feel that we have an awful lot in common and I appreciate the opportunity to, to share with, with your listeners. Um, you know, I, I, I think to all those times when, you know, I heard the right messenger at the right time and none of us knows when we get to be that person for somebody else. And we're very dismissive of, Oh, well, you know, everybody's heard this a million times, but sometimes it's that one time with that one person saying it in the way that somebody else can hear it that matters, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're going to make me cry here. Um, that would be such an honor, Lisa. I, I would love to do that. And I'll, you know, I'll leave that in your hands. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But the fact that you even said that, I'm, I'm deeply touched. So I just want to... Again, thank you for everything that you contribute to this world, what you contribute to humanity, what you do to lift people up, as you said, you know, not looking down on people, but extending that hand only for the sake of bringing them up with you. And you've done that so beautifully on such a global scale. You've, you've utilized your platforms beautifully for the greater good of all. And it's all about the we, it's all about team, it's all about connection, uh, and it's about we're all in this together. And so for the way that you've exemplified that, the way that you walk your talk every single day, um, I just want to once again say thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for everything that you've done for all of us. And uh, for myself personally, I can't thank you enough. I will respond with takes one to know one, baby. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you. So I just want to say to my listening audience, I want to thank you very much for your loyal listenership. It's always a treat to go live with you every Friday, 11.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Lisa McDonald. This is my weekly show, Carpe Diem. If you have any show topic ideas or you wish to perhaps appear as a guest on my show, feel free to kindly connect with me at either lisamcdonaldauthor.com and McDonald is spelled M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D or alternatively, you can reach me at lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. I want to wish everyone a phenomenal weekend. Please be safe. Look after yourselves. Love and kindness to all. Lisa, all my best. Have a phenomenal weekend, and I look forward to connecting with you again real soon. Everybody, thank you very much from Dundas, Ontario, Canada. All my best. Love and gratitude. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com.
podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.